Hello and welcome to today's episode of Seven Figure Millennials, where together you and I are on a mission to figure out how we can prioritize our happiness, health, and relationships as we make our entrepreneurial dreams a reality. And if you are a brand new listener, I want to say welcome. I'm beyond excited to have you here. And if you are returning, you know how much I appreciate you for coming back every single week. And today we are revisiting the format that we've tested out multiple times now in episodes 57, 62, and 67 and 72, um, and that is the Seven Figure Millennials Time Machine. So in this format, what we do is we take valuable nuggets from previous episodes and condense them into a 30-ish minute episode, and it's a great way to be introduced to multiple guests, sample their content, and give you a chance to explore the full episode I did with them. If you have listened to the full episodes, it's a great review of some of the most powerful stories and concepts. So the way this will work is I'll intro each episode with some context and information on who the guest is for you to explore some more, and then and in the episode description, wherever you're listening to this, you'll find some direct links to their episode on the site if you want to explore more. So let's answer the question you're probably wondering is which episodes are we revisiting today? So in the first clip we're going to revisit is with Rob Cosberg, where it was episode number 48. And the title was from $100 million per year in real estate transactions to crashing to impacting millions and helping over a thousand people become best-selling authors. Number two, the second clip we're going to be bringing on is with Raj Goodman Anand, who is episode number 13, where the title of that episode was Hen Parties, Building a World-Class Remote Team and Creating an Incredible Customer Experience. The third clip is with Patty the Money Finder Lawrence, where we talked about how to increase your bottom line by 15% by finding money hiding in your business. The fourth clip is with Mark McShirley, which was episode number 24, where we talked about how Roof Simple grew from $600,000 a year to $10 million dollars a year in just four and a half years by playing with friction, focusing on simplicity and leveraging something he calls review velocity. And the fifth and final episode we are going to revisit is episode number 30 with Graham Elcott, where the title of the episode was Escaping from an Angry Ugandan Silverback Gorilla, How to Boost Your Decision-Making Power by 26% and Becoming a Productivity Ninja. So all five of those episodes are incorporated in today's time machine. And so we'll cue the theme music and then I'll introduce our very first guest and then we'll go from there. If you had to pick between A, making a ton of money, B, being happy, healthy, and surrounded with people you love, or C, making a meaningful impact on the world, which would you choose? The good news is that today we don't have to choose. So the question is, how can entrepreneurs like you and me, who have a vision for our lives and aren't willing to settle for anything less, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? You and I are on a mission to find out, and we have an incredible journey ahead of us. My name is Brandon Fong, and welcome to the 7 Bigger Millennials Podcast. Rob Cosberg is a three-time best-selling author and the founder of bestsellerpublishing.org. He's been featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, Forbes, and Entrepreneur Magazine, as well as hundreds of other shows, podcasts, magazines, and articles. Rob's Publish, Promote, Profit system has been used by thousands of authors in dozens of countries. He shows entrepreneurs how to become the go-to authority in their market by writing, launching, and profiting with a best-selling book. Since 2010, Rob has been the go-to teacher for coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs who want more authority, more exposure, and more clients. Rob works with clients who understand that the way to seven figures and beyond is via a best-selling book and the authority and celebrity that comes with it. And in this clip, Rob shares an incredible story about how he actually used some of his childhood trauma to build a customer avatar. So enjoy this clip with Rob Cosberg. 
we were at a coaching event with, uh, you know, this, this guy who's kind of following his passion after he sold his, his tech business. And his passion was, you know, helping entrepreneurs to uh, tell their story, but really find their, their purpose, if you will, you know, find their, their thing in life. And um, the whole idea uh, for this little session that we were doing is, you know, discovering your audience avatar, you know, who your ideal client is. And so he asked for volunteers and, you know, I was like, you know, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's, you know, I raised my hand and he, you know, I was sitting up towards the front. So he of course chose me and uh, he said, you know, we're going to, he goes to have your permission to ask you some questions. And I was like, yeah, of course. I mean, we're talking about my audience avatar. I mean, what kind of questions is he going to ask? It, it honestly was what I thought. And, um, you know, the first question he asked, like right out of the gate is, you know, tell me a little bit about your, your most traumatic childhood experience. And I was like, <laughs> holy crap, man. I'm like, what does this have to do with, I didn't say that, but I was thinking, what does this have to do with anything? And, um, you know, obviously it set me back because I did not expect to get a question like that. And here now I have, now I feel all these people around me, you know what I mean? Uh, and, um, I was like, you know, I really had a great, I, I had a great childhood and I, I really, um, you know, experienced a lot of love and, and, and relationship. I said, but, you know, I, I guess if there's something traumatic, you might consider this. And I'm like, you know, I, I never really knew my mom, you know, I never met my mom until I was like 30 years old. And of course he latched onto that. That's a pretty big deal, right? Pretty heavy experience. Um, especially for, you know, it, it's unusual, especially maybe for someone my age, because, you know, you'd always think that the, you know, with a divorce, the kid would go with, with mom. And so he, he kind of dug deep into that. Um, and it was very eye-opening experience, both for me and, and also for everybody in the room, because they got it a lot faster than I did. And uh, he said, so, you know, there was probably this, you know, as you got older, there was probably this real desire with you, within you to like stand out and be noticed. And, you know, you were always looking maybe for affirmation from others. And, you know, you wanted, uh, you know, this, um, uh, this exposure, uh, you know, so people would know who you are. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's true. That is really kind of who I am. And, and he says, well, you know, tell me about what you do. And I'm like, well, I, you know, what I really do is I make people famous. You know, what, what I really do is I help them to be known and exposed and become the authority and get attention. And he's like, dude, you're in the right business. <laughs> he's like, you're doing the exact thing you should, you're supposed to be doing. And I'm like, holy crap, that was really intense. Um, at the, at the moment it was really intense and, um, very, very eye-opening how he connected, you know, this traumatic, not experience, but kind of thing in my life with, um, you know, who I'm supposed to serve. Once again, that was Rob Cosberg and episode number 48, if you want to listen to the entire episode. This next clip is with Raj Goodman-Anand. Raj is the founder of Goodman Lantern, a team of native English content writing services that help businesses sell better and grow faster. 
An engineer by profession, he has founded three startups, raised capital, and taken one venture from zero to acquisition. He has not only had a flourishing career within startups, but also with large and mid-sized organizations working on launching startups or new products within them. Products he has built have made companies an income in excess of 45 million pounds. Raj has also won Business Week's Europe's Young Entrepreneur Award and has been named one of Revolution Magazine's 50 Most Influential People in Digital and has been featured in places like The Telegraph, The Guardian, Business Week, and Observer. And in this clip, Raj shares some of his incredible insights on how to hire more effectively. So please enjoy this clip with Raj Goodman Anand. In the past, I used to find people based on their skills and what they can do in terms of their ability, their knowledge, for instance. But I realized that actually I was doing it all wrong. That actually the most important part is to make sure that they are in the same mindset and more importantly that the core values which they have resonate with our core values. And that's when I learned that particular element of core values and then how important that is, that's when things changed for me completely. So today when I interview for, for, for team members and just gonna mention the first 40 team members are all company founders because they help form your company culture. So in Goodman Lantern and in the previous companies, the first thing I would do is to interview people based on their skills and core values, I'll ask them questions which will ask them about how their values match my values and the company's values. So for example, in Goodman Lantern, we have things around experimentation, integrity. Um, it's about maybe making sure people are exper experimenting, improving themselves, uh, really having the integrity towards uh, customers and other team members. But that's really important for me, it's really important for Goodman Lantern to, to have that those, those, those skill sets there. Once we have those core values in place, many a times you can teach people how to be a, a great UX person, reason to be a good UI person, but they don't have the, the same beliefs and values. At some point, they will not sort of grow with the company. They will grow sideways. And that's the worst thing for a company founder. You want your team, especially the, especially the, the top management, the upper layer, to really be in line with you so they can resonate and they can inculcate the culture of the company to future employees when they hire people for the company as well. This way, as a general, you have you and the rest of the team in the same mindset. And even if you're not there, for example, on an everyday basis, your team represents you as a person and as actually helping you scale up in a very nice way. Once again, that was episode number 13 with Raj. And this next clip comes from Patty Lawrence. Patty is the president and founder of TurboExecs, where she helps entrepreneurs who are struggling with chaos, such as out of control growth, sudden terrifying decline in revenues or profits, or people problems that are having a negative impact on the business. 
People have nicknamed her the money finder because of her incredible ability to find money that may be hiding in plain sight in your business. She and her team can take confusing business numbers and translate them into actionable, easily digestible reports for entrepreneurs like you and me who would rather be focusing on creating and marketing our awesome products rather than staring at spreadsheets, getting all frustrated and confused. And Patty's financial tools and systems are known to quickly skyrocket productivity and remove barriers to growth and profitability. And her clients typically increase their bottom line by at least 15% and feel more in control of their finances and results. And in this episode, we're going to talk about who you should hire after you hire a bookkeeper and some of the key insights that Patty has learned as being a fractional CFO and how you can select a team member that is going to help you to grow as your business grows. Okay. So bookkeeper is the first hire. Who else are you looking for after that? after that. So, so you can, you continue to grow and scale. And then you're like, wow, we're, we're beyond, you know, we've, we've got good bookkeeping, but I think we kind of need that next, that next level. That next level is probably like, we'll call it stat accounting manager, maybe controller ish type person where, you know, now you're, you know, maybe a couple million dollar business and you've got, full-time bookkeeping, but now, you know, you're, you're starting to do strategy and trying to, you know, figure out, oh my gosh, what's next. And we've got this opportunity out there and maybe we've, we can invest in something or a new line of business or something like that. You need somebody to kind of at that same level, kind of play at the what ifs, right. Mm -hmm. And look at not only making sure that everything's running on a day-to-day basis, properly, but also, you know, what are we, what's the path forward, right? What's, what's that next level stuff that we should be looking at as you, you know, a line of credit, do you have a line of credit, right? Do you have a line of credit for the, the fluctuations in your business so that, you know, you, you are protected, right? Because we all know there are ups and downs in in business um, and we've lived through them the last year or so. So we want to protect ourselves from that. And, you know, how do we do that? Oh, and then then there's some insurance stuff that we need to be worried about. And we're hiring employees and onboarding and some HR, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So getting that next level professional in there is, is, is wise to do as you, you know, kind of cross into that one, $2 million uh, zone and, and, and then get into the real crux of your business, right? Which is, you know, you're leveraging now you've leveraged um, people, you've leveraged, you're leveraging systems. And how do you maintain that profitability throughout, right? Mm-hmm. That's the key, right? And, and bookkeepers not going to be able to get you through that. But the what if analysis and the planning and the, like, I call it the next level thinking is, yeah. is that next level. Yeah, I think like a really simple way of saying that is like bookkeepers can only look at past decisions that have been made and like what the numbers are and report them. Whereas like the next step is like once you have somebody that can report the numbers, who's somebody that can digest the numbers and forecast what's happening moving forward. Once again, that was episode number 23 with Patty, the money finder, Lawrence. And this next clip comes from Mark McShirley, 
who is episode number 24. Mark is the co-founder of Roof Simple, which is a fast-growing roofing repair company in Northern Virginia. In four and a half years, they went from being a $600,000 a year business to a $10 million a year business. And if that's not impressive enough, most roofing companies just have a handful of average or bad reviews. And at the time of the that we recorded the episode, Roof Simple had 278 ratings on Google with a five-star total rating, not 4.7, not 4.9, five stars. And today they have a dream of turning their company into a national brand, utilizing a unique approach to roofing and having an intense focus on customer satisfaction and simplicity. And in this clip, you're going to hear from Mark on his philosophy on why you should introduce friction into your sales process. I had never heard anyone share anything like this before. It was really interesting and I know you'll love it. And so one thing uh, uh, I've learned is that you, you need to, you taking friction is an interesting thing. It's, it's in business. It's really important to play with friction actually. Mm. So in some businesses or parts of your business, reducing friction is the best possible thing you can do uh, and streamline things. But the reverse is also true. And I think that gets missed often because of our like really, you know, software driven world. It's like, everything's going to be easier, right? Well, some things actually should be harder and actually it's important that they are. Um, and the sales process is actually one of it. So like there's parts of the sales process that should be easier, right? So like obviously digital signings in person and like streamlining a bunch of, you know, basic stuff like that um, is very important. Um, but the, you can't really streamline um, decision-making, I think, through trust without the trust part. So like, yes, you can streamline trust, but actually the irony is the best way to streamline trust is to have a trustworthy person in front of you helping you make the decision and giving the trade-offs and whatever. Wow, there's so much so much I wanna highlight there. So, so <laughs> for, for, uh, something you said, sales as a service, if done properly, that, that's a really, really cool viewpoint. And that's been, I think obviously there's a wrong way to do sales and there's a right mm -hmm. way to do sales. And if you're truly serving people and helping people to make a decision, I love that you shared that. Another thing I want people to make sure that they grabbed was playing with friction that I've never heard it articulated that way. That was really cool. It's because in, like you said, in many components of business, reducing friction is the answer, but also increasing friction, which I haven't thought about much is that, you know, do you need to slow down the process? Because sometimes mm -hmm. you can make it too frictionless and then it actually has a, a worse thing. Once again, that was episode number 24 with Mark McShirley. And again, you can always find the links to the full episodes in the description wherever you're listening to this episode. And our fifth and final clip comes from episode number 30 with Graham Elcott. Graham is the author of four books, including the global bestseller, How to Be a Productivity Ninja, and the host of the Beyond Busy podcast, which explores the issues of productivity, work-life balance, and how people define happiness in their lives. He is the founder of Think Productive, one of the world's leading providers of personal productivity training and consultancy with offices in the UK, USA, Canada, Australia, and the Netherlands. Previous roles of his include Chief Executive of Student Volunteering England, Head of Volunteering at the University of Birmingham, and an advisor to UK government, Red and Blue, on youth volunteering policy. And in this clip, you're gonna learn from Graham on a very valuable insight on he shared about the money stories that you are telling yourself. Like money is just stories, right? So everything to do with money is just stories. So money doesn't have feelings. Money doesn't really have a value. It just has the story of the value that somebody puts onto it. So money is a blank canvas, um, but money becomes stories and usually most people have 
one of four or five archetypal stories. So once you understand what your story is, it's much easier to then, like you said before, make that conscious, start to work with it and so on. So um, usually to find out your story about money, what you need to do is you need to think back to your earliest memories of money. And usually people's earliest memories of money tie very closely into that story. And I've since talking to Tom and Charlie about this, I've talked to loads of my friends and lots of other people about it. And, it, and it's remarkably true. Um, my money story was about security, right? So a lot of my experiences growing up were to do with not feeling secure and money being the problem. Um, so generally what you find with someone who's uh, got security as their sort of dominant money story is that they tend to try and save. They, they're very cautious and sort of quite conservative in the way they they manage their money and that kind of thing. And I definitely think that's still true, by the way. Like, so I think I've definitely, I've got over myself a lot around this, uh, but there's, and it's so deep seated and there's still a lot more to do. I'm still working on it. I think it's a really important thing for any entrepreneur is to understand your relationship with money mm-hmm. uh, because it actually, you know, the thing about, and Charlie said this to me, actually, um, my friend who coaches people on this stuff, he said, um, none of those stories or none of those biases are right or wrong it's just that if you don't address them they they influence every single decision you make in your business right so it's like it's not wrong it's not good it's not bad it it just is so just know that that's the lens that you make every business decision through and then you can work out whether you want to change it or not You just finished listening to the fifth and final clip for today's Time Machine, which was episode number 30 with Graham Elcott. And as a quick recap, as a reminder, if you want to go back and listen to any of those episodes, you've heard clips from Rob Cosberg, and he talked about how he was able to transform some childhood trauma into getting some greater insights into his customer avatar. You also heard from Raj Goodman Anand, who talked about how to hire based on core values inside of your company. You also heard from Patty Lawrence, on how to think about and how to hire a finance professional that will help you grow as you grow your company. And then you also heard from Mark McShirley who talked about the concept of playing with friction. So that is all I have for you today. And again, I'm so glad that you have hung out with us today and listened to all these incredible insights from the guests that were shared. And I appreciate you so much and I can't wait to talk to you soon.